It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. editor-in-chief and founder of Interactive TV Today, also called ITVT. We're located at ITVT.com. This show is called Radio ITVT. You can read our daily news, search archives, access screenshots and videos, blog, upload media, and subscribe to our flagship free email newsletter at ITVT.com. There you'll also hear about our latest interviews or click to the TV of Tomorrow Show conference site. We hold that conference every year in San Francisco in March. You can see all sorts of uh, videos and screenshots at thetvoftomorrowshow.com. Part of our mandate is to offer all sorts of interesting and informative interviews with high-level executives, creatives, and technologists who work at companies that are changing the medium of television and aggressively influencing the marketplace. In this episode of Radio ITVT, we speak with Dustin Califf, the head of digital content for LA-based firm called Tool of NA, or Tool of North America. He's also the executive producer of a free application that just launched on the Apple App Store called Touching Stories. It recently launched earlier this month, and we wrote about it, but we thought we'd bring a little bit more context to the story. Tool teamed with technology-infused creative agency Domani Studios to develop four interactive live-action short films shot by five Tool of North America directors. The app allows viewers to navigate, unlock, and reveal unexpected variations, as a quote, in each of the films by touching, shaking, and turning their iPad. A bit about Dustin. He started his career working at the now defunct but very hot and controversial place to work at the time, Den, or Digital Entertainment Network, in the late 1990s. It was uh, one of the first attempts on the internet to create an original destination, or a destination for original broadband content. He also was involved in establishing some of the first online promotions with companies such as Blockbuster, Ford, and Pepsi that paved the way for online advertising today. Another stint was at EasyFlix, the interactive division of Landscape Entertainment. Dustin developed internet shows there starring such celebrities as Tracy Allman, John Lisko, and Frank Azaria. He worked and owned a design firm called Space Dog in 2001. He joined Tool to be head of digital content and is responsible for leading the growth of the company's digital business by developing interactive live-action content. He's won many awards, he's a judge for the Webbies, and he uh, also was behind the project for MTV Music for a band called Cold War Kids, in which viewers could mix the music themselves, mix the video, rather, themselves. Look on our site for more about that project and much more. And now, Dustin Kim. Hi, Dustin. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Tracy. Uh, very happy to have you here. Of course, we 
interviewed you in the past um, on the about the project that you did um, for MTV or with yes. the band. Yes, it was um, with the Cold War Kids uh, interactive music video. Yes, uh, where you you filmed several different versions of each of the band players, and the people could mix the the you know the the music by clicking on the different band members, and that was really um, innovative, and we were excited to to uh, you know get that out to our readers, our listeners. Thank you. Um, but before we go into the iPad Stories uh, uh, discussion, I wanted to hear any more feedback about how that project was received everywhere or, or where that technology could go. Or I know it was built in Flash. Right. I mean, it still gets very positive uh, feedback. Uh, you know, anytime we go out talking about it, a lot of people, at least particularly in the advertising industry, have uh, seen or heard about it and say they remember that, that project, and uh, it's actually done pretty well awards-wise. But, uh, you know, as far as I think that was actually a precursor a little bit of some of the other projects we've done, including this this iPad project. So I think uh, in many ways uh, the Cold War Kids interactive music video, uh, we're still exploring other avenues for it. But I also think that with the iPad having come out and the iPhone and all those other kind of devices, uh, we're looking at ways that we can kind of translate that interactivity into an experience on other forms, uh, other types of devices. It seems like um, you, you know, and our tool that you guys are are proactively looking for projects where you can show off your your capabilities, um, your uh, willingness to be innovative, and that's really, you know, a, um, a powerful message to convey out there. Is is this a some kind of a priority at the company these days? I mean, we haven't really discussed the iPad Touching Stories project, but let's just say that it it is another demonstration of of your willingness to be innovative, but. Is this a high priority at the company, or are you doing it as a kind of a, a method of advertising what you're capable of? I mean, what's, I mean, I, I mean yes, I, I would say that one of the mission statements that we talked about over here was being a leader in evolving interactive storytelling across any digital platform. So I think we are actively looking at potential projects as both projects that obviously uh, creatively uh, make sense for our team over here. And when they're not brought to us, we are proactively trying to figure out what are the right opportunities whereby we can showcase or further experiment with you know, the space and see what we can do and hopefully open up conversation based out of that. So let's talk about the the project here, which is called Touching Stories, uh, really great use of the, the, what would you call it, a, not a cliche, but... Um, a pun. A, a pun, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, who exactly owns these stories? Did the directors write them, or who wrote up the stories themselves? Or who came up with the idea, I should say? Well, well the directors wrote them. I mean, uh, for a little backstory, we, uh, we again have been talking here at Tool about what are the right opportunities, our directors, we, we represent a wide range of live action directors as well as interactive directors. And we've always talked about how interesting it would be to kind of find a project where many of our directors could collaborate and work together on a, uh, you know, on a project. And with the iPad uh, being announced, we thought uh, it would be interesting if we were to come up with some creative stories that could be told uh, exclusively on the iPad. And uh, we kind of 
you know, approached our directors with this, and uh, several of our directors got were very intrigued by it. And each one, instead of kind of putting the parameters around each one and saying, here's the creative theme, and each one of you has to do a story based around this, we instead just kind of said to each one of our directors, we're just calling it Touching Stories. You can come up with whatever story you want that can be told on the iPad. We just are hoping that you're going to leverage the unique interactive features of the iPad to tell your story. So we kind of you know, gave that brief to each of our directors, and each of our directors, you know, we had five directors in total participating in this, uh, it was, uh, you know, Jason Zada and Aaron Joyner, uh, Tom Routon, Sean Erringer, and Jory Stevens, and each one of them went off and wrote their own story uh, in collaboration with our technology partners to, you know, basically bring touching stories to life. Well, um, how was this funded? We actually self-funded this, uh, and the reason we did is, again, we wanted to kind of, because... There's not too many people out there who are going to come to you with a brief saying, you know, develop some, you know, interactive live-action stories for the iPad. Uh, we actually had a very good relationship with Boards Magazine. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, Tracy, but uh, they were one of the top uh, advertising trades in in the advertising community. And unfortunately, uh, we were going to be featured on the cover, and we were going to kind of use this as kind of a promotional item to kind of get the conversation going in the advertising industry. And about two weeks before uh, we were going to be featured on the cover with these stories, unfortunately they shuttered their business. So we were doing these as a tie-in promotionally with Boards Magazine. Uh, and uh, But either way, we knew that once we had these in the can, even though we were self-funding them, it was going to be a great conversation piece and a great um, portfolio piece for our directors. Well, uh, we don't want to shutter our business, but feel free to call us if you want to give us a <laughs> I mean, we're all about interactivity, so, you know. No, absolutely. Uh, and then that's why we appreciate, you know, having the opportunity to talk to uh, you and, and your readers. And uh, we do know that you guys definitely celebrate kind of the innovation that I think uh, your, your you know, site and our kind of uh, mindset share. Well, it's interesting that you did ask your directors to write the story because, you know, writing interactive stories is difficult. Um, people have yeah. been trying to do it, you know, for many years. Um, of course, everyone's familiar with, write your, you know, uh, creature and adventure books. But nobody's quite come up with, uh, you know, really particularly novel ideas. Um, I'm kind of interested in uh, a number of things. Um, you know, why did you embrace the iPad? Why did you feel that this was a particularly exciting platform uh, you know, to explore interactive storytelling? And then, of course... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, what were the difficulties that the directors uh, faced? Because they're not actual, they, they aren't mm -hmm. writers only, they're directing writers. Um, what were the challenges that they faced in the process of writing an interactive story? And um, 
um, what did they discover in production, and now what have they discovered after it's been released? And there's a whole, there's like four questions in there. Right. So, well, um, I'll start with part one, which I think you were asking, why did we select the iPad? And mm -hmm. I think we, we did because, I mean, you have to remember, when we first started concepting these, the iPad actually wasn't out yet. We knew it was going to come out about a month after we started kicking around the idea of doing this. So we were excited. Why, why did you – but you knew the iPad was already coming out? or you yeah, Yes, I mean, right? we knew the iPad. We started concepting these, I believe, at the beginning of May, and I think the iPad came out at the end of, you know, May. Or okay. no, maybe it was, we started concepting these in April, and the iPad came out at the end of April. And we uh, – really just chose the iPad because we've been wanting to find another device outside of most of our work, at least in the digital world, is done on online and on the computer. And we were very intrigued by the uh, interactive features of the iPhone and what was going to become the iPad. And particularly for the iPad, we were much more excited about it as a, as a live-action video storytelling device because just purely because of the size of the screen. And it would enable, and our directors found this as they were going through this, it's just a much more personal experience. There's a difference between watching, you know, TV on, you know, your 50-inch plasma and sitting on your couch versus having an iPad, you know, within inches of your face. You just, it's just a little bit more of an intimate experience. So we really wanted to explore that and what that meant for storytelling and also what it meant. I mean, what does it mean? There's a whole difference between using the touch screen versus using your mouse, using the accelerometer using, versus using some of the features on your computer. And we just wanted to explore that, you know. This was our sandbox, and how could we tell a story using these tools? And that's what got us excited, and that's why we chose the iPad. Uh, and we also knew buzz-wise this was going to be, you know, it's, it's Apple. You know, it was their next big thing. So let's mm -hmm. be one of the first to give it a try and, you know, get the conversation going around it because we do think that uh, we hope that storytelling is going to take off in a very unique way on the iPad. And uh, it's not to knock. I think the iPad, I, I, obviously I have one and we have several at the office. Um, you know, I love watching my Netflix videos on it and streaming YouTube clips and other things like that. But at the end of the day, that's, you know, video content that you could watch on your computer or you could watch on your TV. It's linear content. Uh, we were very excited about, uh, again, trying to leverage the unique features of the iPad to see where that would take storytelling. And I hope that in the future, if I'm viewing something on Netflix, maybe there's a special little feature, you know, for one of my movies that I can kind of uh, use specifically uh, because I'm watching it on an interactive device like the iPad. Well, people have been trying to do interactive applications that, you know, wrap around movies for a long time to, you know, to some limited success, some others, mm -hmm. you know, great. I mean, the cable industry obviously wants to provide that type of service. Uh, it's a long story. We won't go into it, why it's taking so long, right. but um, they're working on it. But anyway, uh, before you answer all the other questions I asked you, let's, let me insert one, which is um, why is developing an interactive storytelling experience important? Why is it valuable today? Well, I, I think it's valuable today because, uh, you know, social media and just purely the Internet has shown uh, that people want to engage with content and stories in a different way. And I think that 
people are getting turned off. The audience is getting a bit turned off. Uh, they're used to multitasking. You know, I, I'm actually a, a very guilty of that. I, I watch TV and I can't help myself. I can hardly watch a movie or TV anymore without popping open my computer and my cell phone and other things at the same time. I want to be, you know, interacting and doing things and actively participating. And I think uh, that's what interactive storytelling is all about: is you know, being an active participant and finding that right balance between the directors and the creators out there. Uh, formulating a story that is intriguing and whereby the storyteller themselves feel like they can actually get their story across, but at the same time offering enough uh, participation whereby the audience can actively feel like they're a part of the story without impacting it and, and taking it too far away from the director or the storyteller's original vision. Do you think that um, that the, con the concept of creating an interactive story, or in the case of uh, let's see, all ends ends all, uh, mm -hmm. Jason Zada and Eric Joyner, they were more interested in immersion and getting the viewer to feel like they were in the story themselves. Do you, you think these ideas of interactivity and and for, um, first person immersion uh, is it more important? Uh, I want to say uh, phenomenon or or. I don't know what the right word is for that, but uh, something for the advertising community or for the entertainment storytelling community? I'd like to think for both. I mean, I think that uh, at the end of the day, it's all about telling a great story, be it if it's for entertainment purposes or for brand purposes. And if, uh, you know, it makes sense to do it first person and immerse, you know, the audience in that so that they feel like it's all about them, then great. Um but uh, I think that was also what was so exciting about this project is that we, we kind of took four different routes in each one of the stories. Some of them had tool tips on them. Some of them didn't. Some of them were first person. Some of them weren't. And uh, just really wanted to explore kind of as many different ways as we could to, uh, you know, show how we would do this. Well, let's, um, before I answer, ask those other questions again, let's just quickly summarize these stories. Uh, let's see. Sean Erringer. Mm -hmm. um, he did Sarah and Jerry, and I mean I can summarize that, or or you can summarize it. Um, I believe. Well, I think that it's hard. Yeah, what what that what that one's about is I mean it's basically a couple in their house, and the twist on it is that you're basically uh, serving as it's kind of like Truman Show in the house. You know, you are now playing God, and you are controlling the actions that each one of these are doing. So. They don't understand what's happening to them. You're, they're, you know, Sarah's sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden you shake your iPad, and she falls off the couch. And she looks back at the screen and goes, what the heck is happening? And the, the reveal that I love at the end of that story is that as you're interacting, and there's these little Easter eggs, you know, that there's no prompts. You're just kind of touching things with your finger, and sometimes you're shaking things with the iPad, and things are happening to these two characters. And the reveal at the end is finally they figure out, oh my, hold on, there's somebody out there. You know, it's, it's you, that person on the iPad is doing these things to them. And Jerry gets angry, and at the end of it, he takes his golf club and smashes your screen. And that's how that story ends. So it's kind of the reveal at the end of them figuring out that, uh, you know, there's this iPad audience that's controlling their every action. I, I suppose you could even build, you know, 
Twitter links into this and have the characters carry out their relationship in other, you know, on, on other websites, whether website services like Twitter or Facebook or, or some other um, technology. I mean, you, you could, um, because of the connectivity with the, with the iPad application into, onto the web, you probably could. Absolutely. In fact, in what, it, it's a great idea. I mean, we, we, we had a limited amount of time and obviously budget for doing it. And one of the things I think we identified as in the next iteration of this is allowing for more social media viewing, you know, as part of the story. And uh, I think that would be a, a great next step in, in, you know, approaching these kinds of stories. I actually, um, before we go into the other stories, I, I did mention this to Brian Seth Hurst, who uh, has a good relationship, I think you've spoken to, and he has a relationship with Tim Crane, and, and they were all very excited to see this. And, of course, Tim, Tim likes to embrace the, you know, this kind of thing. He, he loves people who take these kinds of risks, so maybe you never know. Something might come of that. Yeah, no, um, we would love it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Actually, I just heard today also that Ridley Scott is doing a project with uh, user-generated content on YouTube. So Yeah, somebody actually just sent me the link to that. I have not read it yet, but uh, I, I did see that. Yeah, it's all getting interesting. The directors are, you know, breaking their own fourth wall using some other devices. Anyway, uh, then the other stories are All Ends, Ends All. Obviously, a play in the Shakespeare, um, mm -hmm. All's Well That Ends Well. And uh, that's directed by Jason Zada and Eric Joyner. And exactly. And just... They were saying they were very interested in immersion and, and first-person involvement. Um, so right, so their story is is basically yeah, you're you're this fir it's first person and and you know you basically start the story in the back of a trunk and you know you're kind of like what's what's happening here? Uh, how did I get here? What you know why am I in the back of this trunk? What's happening? And using the interactive features of the iPad, you can you know tap. On the, on the trunk a few times, and that basically kicks your way out. Then you have to swipe to kind of take the, the tape off your mouth, and you start to reveal these kind of clues as you go through. You really don't have any idea what's happening to you pretty much through the whole story. You're just being chased. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you're trying to figure out what's happening. And... You know, two of my favorite interactive features in this one are, uh, one is um, we did something whereby when you actually shake the iPad back and forth, the faster you go, it will make your character run so that you're running farther away from the people who are chasing you in the story. Okay. Uh, right. So it slows down, it speeds up based on that. And then the reveal on this one is at the very end is you uh, get the keys to a hotel room 
And when you go into the room, there's a girl who is greeting you and obviously knows you and says, hey, I can't believe you're here, you know. And then all of a sudden you hear the sound of this bat being dragged along and this guy singing. And the girl gets very scared and says, go hide, get in the closet. And you get in the closet and because it's first person, all you can see are the two slits from, you know, the closet door and you're looking out. And you see the guy who's kind of this mobster-looking guy with his bat come in, and he starts kind of getting into a heated argument with the girl, and you can tell he's looking for you. And at this point, there's a tooltip that comes up on the screen that says, you know, rotate the iPad. And if you rotate it from portrait to landscape, basically what happens is we shot it in real time from two points of view. So you can see it from your point of view, and then if you rotate it, it automatically switches perspective to the mob guy. And now you're looking at it from his point of view. So I think it's a fun way to uh, see the story from two points of view and uh, do it all in real time. Well, that's the that's that other question that I wanted to ask, um, but I want to go through the other two pieces uh, about, you know, what did the director-writers think about when they ha- were having to write an interactive story and what did they do in order to make sure that during production they weren't completely lost, and um, and then what did they discover after it's been released? But let's let's wait till we get through the other two pieces. Sure. Uh, and another another point I wanted to uh, make is it's definitely all of this seems very much David Lynchian. I mean, I would think he'd be all over this kind of stuff. Right. And it, it also reminds me of um, Laurie Anderson's Puppet Motel CD that mm-hmm. she put out in the 90s. I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever saw that, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark, theatrical, discovery. Uh, it's kind of like that rich CD experience uh, on an iPad. Anyway, I'm just making a little reference, cultural reference. Yeah, no, no, no. Anyway, the next, the next um, one, um, Triangle, Tom Routson, and I believe he was more interested in making sure that there was a story there. Uh, it, you know, it was interactive, but he was more interested in um, telling a particular story. Yes, I mean, I think his is very much about... Uh, you know, uncovering clues to this story. I mean, his is basically, uh, you know, a hotel trist, you know, where there's a couple who, you know, go into this hotel room, uh, you know, they're making out. What's interesting about his, which I thought was a fun movie, te- you know, storytelling device or a visual device, is a lot of the story unfolds within the reflection of the TV screen in the hotel room. And, uh, again, you can use the accelerometer or the touch screen to kind of uncover more hints about the backstory of, of this couple. And as you start to uncover, uh, you start to reveal that, you know, there was actually, uh, this girl had a relationship with, you know, a priest or a minister, and he basically is the one who, uh, and who, who they have ended up trying to steal money from this guy. So they actually have this hidden agenda and uh, the the fun part and the reveal on this is at the end of the story, there's a past and a future swipe function. So at the very end, you can see this uh, still screen of the couple kissing, the minister and the girl. And if you swipe it to the left, you can see what happened in the past. And if you swipe it to the right, you can see what happened in the future. And again, you know, a small little nod to what could we do in this space uh, with this device to kind of evolve the story that we're telling. And that was uh, something that Tom really wanted to explore. And the fourth one, uh, Jordy Steffens, 
did the most Stevens. interesting couple in Britain. Stephen, sorry, the most interesting couple in Britain. Yes, and his his is very comedic and Monty Python esque. And uh, he just went out there, you know, and, and had a lot of fun with this. And uh, his is basically a, a story of a couple, uh, and it's basically told on stage as if it's a play. And uh, it's very much a tongue-in-cheek look at, uh, at married life. And, uh, you know, speaking of using the Internet, I think one of the unique interactions that he had in, in his story was uh, we actually explored using uh, browsing out to the Internet directly inside of, the videos. So if you click on the question and you like marks, Wikipedia. And yeah, you exactly. Can like you can go out to Wikipedia, and there's other things kind of related to the story. And what's kind of cool is you can browse through these little internet windows that we open up directly inside of the video without leaving the app itself, which I thought was a, a fun little feature. And again, can lend itself to things like you mentioned, like you know, eventually allowing people to communicate via Twitter and Facebook and things like that directly with inside of the story. I've always thought that the future of interactive TV, you know, would be uh, multi-textured, multimedia, you know, on one screen. So, mm -hmm. you know, you'll have text and video and graphics and line art and, um, you know, you'll be communicating with someone at the same time. So there'll be many different sources of data in different places uh, coming in and working on the same um, canvas you know, uh, either together or just, you know, you happen to be talking to someone and, and watching a show. But that, that's what that's, this is about. Interactive TV will be a, a, a quilt, a digital quilt of sorts, you know? And it, and it no, be. absolutely. And I think, uh, yeah, that's, I would agree with you. I mean, I think that uh, we'll see where it goes, but I think that, uh, you know, it is going to be an amalgamation of all of these different types of things. All right, so let's go, let's um, go back to those questions. If you can't, answer them. Um, you obviously weren't necessarily in the heads of the, the directors, but have they spoken to you about the writing process, um, what they struggled with, what they discovered while they were writing, and then what they discovered while they were producing the actual piece? Well, I think I, I think our, our directors, because we've been doing so many types of kind of nonlinear interactive stories, are pretty well um, versed in how to uh, come up with stories in this world. But not to say that it was easy, you know. I mean, it's. I, I think what we really try to do on something like this is have them come up with a story first and foremost that they thought was a compelling story to be told. And then really from there, figure out what are the right points in that story that could lend themselves to unique types of interactivity on the iPad. And, of course, they were thinking about what features that could be used before they were writing their story, but that's how we really approached it. And once they had those core components, we kind of were bouncing the story and the technology and the interactive features they wanted off of our technology partners, Demani Studios, to see what could and couldn't be done. And because the iPad really wasn't out yet, uh, we actually had to build some prototypes. Um, and even the first the weekend the iPad came out, we already had prototypes just to make sure, can we go out to the Internet directly inside the video? Can we, can we click on one thing and it automatically loads up another video without there being you know, a, a lapse and, and a load time? So we were kind of testing things as we went to kind of realize our, our vision. And then when we ultimately felt like we had the features and the store where we wanted it to be, we ended up drawing story trees for every single one of our uh, of, of these stories, 
Uh, and, you know, these were boards and trees that showed every interaction and every place you could go to in every one of these stories. And I think that really helped the entire production team wrap their head around, you know, how this was going to ultimately work. Um, now, now, now that everything has been launched um, and people are getting feedback, what what do the directors feel about their work other than, you know, proud of themselves? But any kind of feedback, um, uh, maybe there's some new ideas uh, where mm-hmm. where you could go. I mean, what kinds of thoughts have, have uh, emerged? Well, I think all of them, of course, are already thinking about ways that they would want to improve or do their next story. I think that, uh, you know, some of it's... Um, an issue of what can Apple bring to the table on the next one, you know, be it, you know, a webcam or, you know, GPS or some of the things that we, you know, hopefully want to use with, with inside of the iPad, I think is also with timing and budget. If we had, I mean, we did this entire project basically in about, uh, you know, maybe a month and a half. Um, so if we had more so time. Not at all. I mean, you no, exactly. You got everything developed and shot in a month and a half? Maybe it was two months. But it was it was done pretty quickly, uh, and you know we uh, we if we had more time and more budget, uh, there were definitely you know I think we were obviously we were just scratching the surface of what can be done, so you know we really what was wanted. What the budget? Well, I, I the budget. I mean, it's it's I can't give you a real number on it because we basically did it you know uh, as a self promotion you know piece and a, a experiment. Uh, so really, we were pulling in favors and you know just doing what we could to to make it happen, almost like a college, you know, almost like a student film. So even though, don't get me wrong, we had amazing people working on this project. You know, we had, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, cinematographers that we work with and and set designers who are you know Oscar-winning you know people who were helping us work on this project purely because we've worked with them on other things, uh, some of our other commercial projects, and really wanted to, you know, kind of experiment in the space. Uh, you know, so we, uh, I think those are some of the things that we'd look to do, and I think obviously exploring social media uh, and how we could tap into that and make it more of a shared narrative across, you know, that you could kind of share beyond just your single iPad, but kind of watch collectively and and. and comment with, with other people out there who are connected via, via their iPad. Uh, I think those are all things that we, you know, love to explore. And, uh, you know, we definitely hope that we have the opportunity to, uh, to do more with, uh, you know, with somebody out there. You could definitely do um, sort of dynamic treasure hunts or, you know, where you have multiplayer viewing. Or, uh, would you mm-hmm. call it that? Multi-viewer play? Yes. Um and incorporate a lot of other services that are on the web, I suppose, like Foursquare and things like that. Um, obviously, there's a, a lot of room for, for development. Um, do you think there's a business model in, in these stories? Do you think that, or, or do you think there's just a pure opportunity for storytelling and that would be powerful enough? Or do you see a sort of a commerce aspect to this? Well, no, it's a good question. I, I mean, I, these are all, each one of our stories is so custom. I, I, I It would be hard to create a template around them. But... Uh, you know, I I do wonder if you know there is some type of a model where you know it could be the the Justin TV of the iPad world. You know, where certain tools are are provided that allow that allow you know basically the the general public to start creating their own stories 
and interactive stories, you know, on the iPad without having, without requiring the deep resources that we kind of have, you know, to produce these. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one other thing I wanted to share too is that you would ask me what we would want to improve. I mean, I think one thing that we would want to look at moving forward as well is using less prompts to get people to know what they have to do and doing it more about self-exploration and kind of through the story and how the person's looking at you, that it's a little more implied as to what you need to do. Uh, I think those are things that we really want to, would have wanted to do more of, but because of the time and because this is one of the first ever done on the iPad, we were worried that people weren't going to get it. And I think that's moving forward. We would want to focus and spend more time on how we could do that in the story and how we could do that in the interface that we're presenting on the iPad, uh, as well as making it less, many of our stories, uh, you know, some of the stories you can progress without having to interact, and some of them you can't. And I think, uh, it, I think it would be interesting to also find a storytelling mechanism where you're not in, being impeded by needing to interact, you know, that the story keeps going depending on whether you interact or not, it's just that it's going to unfold in new and unique ways if you happen to interact. I remember um, a friend of mine brought back, I want to say it was a Nintendo game or something. Uh, he brought it back from Japan. And all it was was the world of Tokyo or some kind of, you know, one of the, the um, sections of it. And you could wander around in the world and meet people or, or, or walk past them and if you did decide to interact with that person, then you'd have a conversation or something would happen. But you could completely ignore you know, them and then walk into a house, open up a drawer, and there might be something in it. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it was as if you were really there. Um, and there was a story happening, but um, it, it, you didn't have to interact with it. It just sort of happened around you. And if you chose to all of a sudden interrupt someone, you know, robbing the bank or whatever was part of that story, you know, then you would become um, enmeshed in that, uh, you know, that complicated part of that world. Or you could just be a bypasser, you know, um, strolling through it. And I always thought that was a very interesting uh, concept, that, you know, maybe there were a lot of interactive stories going on, or you could just travel through it and around it, like we do every day. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, I think, obviously, you know, that's where hopefully this uh, conversation starts going, and we'd love to see other people give it a try. And, uh, you know, we hope to have more, more attempts at it as well to uh, try different things and uh, see what starts to stick and what people respond to. Well, um, any other um, projects that you can uh, hint at that are coming up or um, in, this, in this vein? Because obviously we want to we make sure that we hear about it because if you guys are going to continue to work, I know it will be really exciting new stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, nothing that I can really highlight right now. I mean, I think, uh, you know, uh, may maybe for another time we can talk about the uh, this other project that we recently did called David on Demand uh, with our director, Jason Zotto, which was a pure, it was a, a live-streamed social viewing kind of experiment uh, that was done in Cannes, France for the Cannes Advertising Festival. And, uh, you know, the long and the short of it is that David, who's a creative recruiter at the agency Leo Burnett Chicago, was sent over, and he uh, ended up, uh, the twist on it was that we had a live streaming backpack uh, on an uh, eyeglass cam, 
So everything you, he was doing, you could see streamed back live. And the twist was that uh, basically the Internet was controlling him. So we had a Twitter feed, and, and any comments or feedback that people were giving via Twitter, uh, David uh, needed to do. And I think that's a whole other conversation because I have to say it was utterly and completely addictive. Uh, I've never gotten less work done than while this project was happening. And uh, it's purely because you felt like you were part of this story. And we had, I think, over 20,000 people participating. And, uh, you know, people were sticking with this guy all day long because they wanted to see what his next step was. They wanted to help control. They wanted to help him, give him, give him a glass of water. The Internet gave him a tattoo. So, you know, it was a fun kind of social viewing media experiment. There was a show on FX that I think was called TED TV. Does that ring a bell? No. Or maybe it was Ed TV. Oh, Ed TV, out. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it was Ed TV. I'll have to find out. Um, but it, uh, you could, the viewers would watch the show, uh, and then at the end of the show, he would be given two choices. It was this guy, this sort of beach bum. He'd be given two choices. Do you want to go off with the, this guy from White Snake, or do you want to be um, a telegram uh, deliverer for, with music? Because he wanted to be a, a musician, you know, like a composer. Mm-hmm. And the viewers would have to decide what he would do. And then um, he would do it, and then the week would go by, you'd come back and see what happened to him. Um, but during the week, you could send him messages by SMS. I think they had a co-promotion through, I can't remember, um, T-Mobile, I think. And mm-hmm. and they they gave him instructions of things he had to do, jump in a pool, go kiss someone and you know, um, in Santa Monica Mall or whatever that place is called. And... Uh, you know, then they would film that too. But I was I was really engaged by that show, so I'm sure that was sort of similar what you're doing. But there was a whole there was a, an additional layer of of a format, you know, like a like a show itself rather than live. Right. But it's all well. I think all that, yeah, and I think the big thing that's changed now is that technology has evolved to now allow you know we now have things like Twitter and we have live streaming you know packs that you can basically stream high quality video in real time from any place in the world. I mean, we were streaming live from Cannes, France. So uh, I think with all those things, it's, uh, it's a pretty interesting uh, format for, you know, showcasing content and telling a story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, anyway, I really appreciate your um, giving us the whole story of what happened with Touching Stories. Uh, and I can't remember how much, how much did they cost, or can you download them for free? I can't remember. Yeah, you can download them for free. They're in the iTunes uh, store for under uh, the keyword touching stories, or you can visit uh, our website at uh, toolofna.com uh, to uh, see more. That's T-O-O-L-O-V-O-F-N as in nut, A, Tool of N-A, which is North America. Exactly. All right. Thanks so much, Dustin. Um, okay. I hope to see you at our show in March or earlier, and um, that's it. Thanks so Okay. Much. Well, thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, bye. Well, that was Dustin Califf, who is the executive producer over at Tool of NA, and he was in charge of the Touching Stories project. Thanks so much. This is Tracy Swedlow, editor-in-chief of Interactive TV Today, and, of course, we will have more interviews for you uh, coming up. Stay tuned, and always go to our website at itvt.com, get daily news, interviews, New columns, one from Brian David Johnson uh, called Jet Set, and of course our ITV doctor, Rick Howe, and all of the screenshots and videos that you can handle from our conference, the TV of Tomorrow Show. Thanks so much.